Hello, Batmites. This is Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy Me Batman, episode 54, The Penguin Goes Straight. My God. 54 of Wow. These. I know. Too many. Someone yeah. said that's 54 too many. Yeah. Some I mean, joker. you can make that argument. <laughs> so we're back. Penguin episode. He's going straight. Yeah. We're back. How was on the crooked path? We're we're back now. (laughs) We're back now, live from Austin, Texas, and Mankato, Minnesota. How was your flight back from the Super Bowl? It was. It wasn't. You know what? It wouldn't be as you expect. I mean, everyone was coming up to me. They're like, "Oh, aren't you Andy from Steven Andy Me Batman?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I mean, it just was no fun. I mean, I know it gets traveling these days. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, but you can't. I, I you can't complain, but I do complain. Let's, right. I mean, I, I mean, just wanted to sit there, enjoy my peanuts, enjoy my coke. Yeah. And uh, go for the and peanuts. that's it. But I mean, I go for the, press the fans. You know, oh, all the time, all yeah. the time. I'm I'm thinking private jet. I am too. Or disguise. <laughs> Speaking of the fans, we have a very special letter from a very special bat mite. Some might say the most special of all of the mites. To me, they're all special. Well, yeah, yeah. In their own way. Yes. <clears throat> that this is This might a longtime fan, none other than Harry Comer himself. We thought Harry Comer had got we we thought Harry Comer, frankly, had died. I thought he was in prison. When Steve Jobs died, I thought <laughs> Harry Comer's gone. When I thought I when Jerry Sandusky went to prison. That's true. <laughs> that's true. But no, he's back. Sending maybe sending this message from the clink. State pen. Harry Comer. No subject, by the way, which is a very Harry Comer move. That is, yeah. Here we go. Are you ready? You haven't read this, by the way, I think. No, I right? haven't. So this is I'm all a surprise to you. Gentlemen. It's always a surprise, though, when it comes to him. He sent this about a month ago. <laughs> so, Gentlemen, Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. How the devil are you both? We are fantastic yeah or i am i guess i am yeah Yeah. it appears you've all but given up on this once fine show oh my god (laughs) we haven't given up but the show i will agree with the statement it was once fine it's a little downhill well not on my watch i'm back to defib this alien podcast so all clear as harry comer md rolls up his sleeves and gets ready to fire a charge of hard-hitting questions at you oh my god Okay, he's, he, is, he is a doctor, though, right? Yeah, oh yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. Harry Comer, MD, is a new NBC medical drama. <laughs> Isn't that the one that where he's like he has the two personalities? Yeah, Harry and Comer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he says, "Note as always, these questions will be shot straight from the hip in true Comer style." Well, they you always can, are. You can rest assured these babies are going to be razor sharp, straight to the point. No pulling punches. Are you ready? I am. It's fair to say he's never pulled a punch in his life. No, no, absolutely not. Question one. Do you each have any New Year's resolutions? What are they? Oh, my God. Mine is to stop saying you go, girl, to myself. <laughs> That's a Zach I've Galifianakis never had a New Year's resolution. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Um, if, you, if you were to have one, what would it be? I want to try to do more episodes of this podcast. That would probably be my New Year's That is, resolution. yeah. It so, became, for a while, the show became monthly. That's almost what it is right or now. Or like quarterly. 
It's monthly. It's more than quarterly. It's more like monthly. Yeah. You know what this is? We or bi-monthly. Do you know the year we started doing podcasting? I'm sorry, what was that? Do you know do you know how long it's been since the Stephen Annie meets Seinfeld episodes? I have no clue. I think it was 2008. My god. Yeah. So this is this is the 5th year. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> year number 5. Yeah. Fifth, that means we like average about 10 a little more than 10 episodes a year. Yeah, I'm saying that's pretty good. Yeah. But that is my New Year's resolution. Yeah. Um, okay, question two. Place the Nolan Batman films in order of preference from least favorite to favorite. There needs to be a consensus here. I want one single agreed upon list. I think, okay. I, do we both agree? What is your least favorite? Well, I mean, least favorite means that he, I always think of least favorite as you don't like it. So well, I mean, my, you can my like third, it. my, my yeah. third would be Batman Begins. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Now, this is where it gets a little This is where it gets hairy. hairy. Yeah. My second favorite is, uh, this is somewhat controversial, but I think my second favorite is The Dark Knight. Oh my god, that's what I would put in. Really? Okay, and your favorite is uh, Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Okay, there you go. Easy. That's how easy it is for us to agree. That was, that was pretty easy. I thought you would fight me. He was expecting controversy. He was, but you know what? He's not going to get it. No, not this time. He, although, question three, he, he, he tries to, he tries to rile a little bit of emotion. But okay, so the question two... Nolan, Batman films in order of least favorite to favorite. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. They just kept getting better and better as yeah, far as they I they kept getting better. All right. Question three. Do you think you could take the film drive boys in a fist fight? Oh, my God. I would say I want to do a charity match, tag team match. Steve WrestleMania. Andy WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. That's the they, only way because I don't it, know. To be honest, I don't know. They'd want something like a hair versus hair, though. The losers had to shave their head. Which should it should be a contract match? We got to climb the ladder and get the contract, and then <laughs> yeah, and then and then like the winners will be permanently part of uh, the WWF. <laughs> so, do you think you could take the film drive boys in a fist fight? My answer is I don't know, but I'd like to find out. That's basically that's mine yeah. as well. Question four. This isn't a question. This is more of a command. I'll say, but both do an impression of Bane. Okay. I've been doing it the whole time, so... <laughs> Steve was born doing an impersonation yeah. of Bane. Mine is a... Hey! Mine sounds pretty uh, good, right? Mine would be kind of similar, I guess. Yeah, let's Batman, <laughs> I give you permission to die. <laughs> you think that gives you power over me? <laughs> All right, there you go. We both did an impression of Bane. Question five. <laughs> Somewhat related... Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> when, when I did that impersonation of Bane, yeah, that's from the comic book series. Yeah, I yeah I wasn't I was I doing. Him speaking. <laughs> okay, uh, question five: Do you believe in ghosts? Do you have any scary uh, encounters or anecdotes? Please share them. All right, Steve. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I actually. <laughs> the ghost of Anne Harriet haunts haunts your waking dreams. My dreams every day. Um... With fishing trips. Oh my god. Uh, Sherbert. And is Chief O'Hara, is the actor who played Chief O'Hara dead? I would say so. Because if that's the case, I want to believe in ghosts. <laughs> I would say that he's probably dead. I don't know, though. He's good I can find dead. out really He's fast, good as dead. No, it's alright. <laughs> we'll assume he's dead. Assume he's dead. Alright. Stafford Rep. Yeah. Yeah. I he think he's. 1974. Oh, wow. 
less than 10 years after the Batman series. Yeah, way less. All right. He said he couldn't live anymore. He was only 56. Yeah, I guess, you know, he peaked. He did. He really did. Question six. In each of your opinions, who is or are the most overrated group and the most overrated solo artist? That's kind of a hard... Oh, the musical group. Yeah. Like, the most overrated group of people, I would say, like, the Canadians. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. Um, and the solo artist, overrated group. You're probably okay, would, better qualified to answer. I would say that the most overrated... Oh, see, this is tough, though, because there's so many overrated solo artists. Because well, Elton John is ridiculously overrated. Yeah. So he's one. Mm-hmm. Um, who else would be overrated? I mean, there's so many of them that are overrated. The better question is who's underrated. Who is okay? So who you can change the question. Well. There's no rule against that. Who's who's the most underrated? Yeah, it's tough too. Um, the most underrated solo artist, and I'm going to say this because he isn't he isn't brought up or thought of like your like um, Bob Dylan's obviously mm-hmm. or. Um, <clears throat> Or even in in, in, in in the realm of like alternative music, he's not brought up like say like Graham Parsons is or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I would say it's probably and I'm not gonna say Leonard Cohen because everybody and their brother covers Hallelujah. Yeah. So just because of that I can't say that he's <clears throat> underrated. So I'm gonna go with Phil Oaks. No one ever really mentions Phil Oaks. Well we just did. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a great folk musician from the 60s. So we changed your question. Most underrated solo artist. And he's a million times better than the 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 goofy tripe that Elton John puts out. <laughs> All Elton John fans have just tuned out of the show. No, if you're an Elton John fan, I mean, it's completely different music because Elton John releases, I don't even know what you would consider Elton John music. Pop? I don't even know if it's pop. I don't know what it is. But Phil Oaks is much better. Look up, like, I'm Not Marching Anymore or something like that. There you go, Phil. Phil o- Oaks. And, and and like me. Yeah. Went to Ohio State. Yeah, that's right. I know. That's probably helping out his uh, rating for you. <laughs> All right. Question seven. Do you have a life philosophy? Would you share it with us? Um, you got to take care of your own in the hood because no one else will. Yep. That's it. My t- <laughs> That isn't that your family motto? That is. That's actually engraved on my parents' wall. Engraved on the wall, which is weird. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta take care. <laughs> All right. That's the first thing you learn in the Sebastian household. That's true. It is. It is. Uh, it's true too. That's the thing. No, that is. That is. That's a really good life philosophy. I think all the Batmites should live that. Yeah. Well, I think if you listen to this episode, this episode, if you listen to this show long enough, you, you, you're, you're going to pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. That becomes how you live your life. Yeah. Cause you just kind of learn it. That's what we're about. Yeah. That and respect for women. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except in area. Yeah. Oh, I have no respect for her. I don't think she's a woman though. Question eight. <laughs> what do you hope to achieve in 2013? Hmm. <sighs> An average of more than 10 episodes. Yeah, we're going to do more than 10 episodes. That's it. <laughs> 12 episodes. That's, I'm hoping well, for 20 11, episodes. No. Let's let's shoot high. 20. 
20. I was just going to shoot for like 10 and a half. Nope, so like Just record half of an episode and just stop. <laughs> that and would be it. awesome. Question eight. What do you hope to achieve in 2013? Oh, I did that one. Question nine. What's Deja vu. <clears throat> Question nine. What's your favorite smell? I don't know. Do you have a favorite smell? Uh, pizza. Okay. You know what else too. I like? Um, this is true, too. Are the candles that smell like pine trees? Really? I have one in my room, yeah. It's, I like that smell. Um, but you can only get them around Christmas, so I buy a bunch of them. Huh. I have a, a, a very sensitive nose. Yeah. And uh, most heavy odors um, gets me, makes me sick. So <laughs> I actually don't care much for strong odors. There you go. That's... You know the one that I'm probably uh, uh, this is this is kind of funny. The one one of them that makes me most happy though. What's that? Cat's breath. Even though it smells awful, <laughs> because I love cats, and I only smell cat's breath when they're like laying on me or something. Okay. So, so that... it always makes me. I don't know. Makes makes me happy that they're near me. So there I know you that's kind of kind of silly. But our favorite I, our favorite smells: pizza, pine trees. Cat's breath. You can get all the candles and all those. Scents. You can. Like I said, I know it's kind of corny, no, me, but it's you know it's true. We answer honestly on this show. Yeah. You are throwing a dinner party. Question ten. Okay. You can each invite three guests, dead or living. Who would you choose, and why? These are these are straight from the hip. He's it, right. Yeah, it, really, it really is. But the dead people have. I think they have to remain dead. Yeah. I would invite, gosh, I don't even know. I would invite Harry Comer. That'd be one. <laughs> Is he dead? I thought Harry Comer, Jim Beard. Well, first of all, are you and I throwing this dinner party? Oh, man, that's true. <laughs> We're serving up thinking, pizza and cat's I was breath. Think, for me, I was thinking Raymond Burr, TV's Perry Mason. Yeah. Stafford Rep. TV's Chief O'Hara, and Rommel, Hitler's right-hand man. <laughs> that, that would get it would get real awkward in there. It would. Real fast. But, you know, you, basically your two guys, Harry Comer and Jim Beard, are basically the same people. That's true. Harry Comer, Jim Beard, and Steve Jobs, all the same person. I Steve Jobs would be interesting. Uh, that might be an actual answer to this question. Steve Jobs. <laughs> Steve Jobs. Um, it'd be interesting. Like Bill Clinton, he'd be a good one. Like Abraham Lincoln would be. If you invite Abraham. Bill Clinton, though, you have to invite like a busty babe too. Yeah, and then then so 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 Steve Jobs, Bill Clinton, and just any busty babe. Yeah, because then it'll become a real party. <laughs> you know, Bill Clinton would be pretty fun to hang out with. To be honest, oh, I agree. He I really agree. would. <laughs> I agree. It would be. Question eleven. What is the? But you fu- have to. It would probably have to be better if it was like Bill Clinton, like circa ninety seven or ninety eight. Yeah, ninety seven. Bill Clinton, not not old. Although he's still cool. He's getting cool. Yeah, because he's old. He's still cool, but now he's a vegetarian. Oh, yeah, forget that. Because I'm yeah. not serving any vegetarian meals at my dinner. <laughs> but party. in like ninety seven, ninety eight, man, he'd be down at the burgers. Oh, that's what he. That's all he wants. Yeah, burgers and babes. That he has a shirt. B and B. Big boobs. Bur- What's that stand for? Burgers and babes. Exactly. Yeah. Burgers and babes. Question 11. What is the funniest real life event that you have ever witnessed? To be honest, my life is not that funny. 
Although your life is a series of misfortunate events. Yeah, it's true. It's like an episode of Frasier. <laughs> You're always tossing salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> um, the funniest real life event that I've ever witnessed would be um, this. Probably isn't the funniest, but I, I have a lot of funny stories from the bus I used to take. The big uh, one you guy. Jerome Bettis, right? <laughs> one guy. <laughs> One guy used to call it, who would ride the bus, he's like, always get on and say, I'm riding the Big Baller Express. But that's true, though. That's it, what was, it was, because I was always on it. You just didn't realize it. <laughs> and it wasn't it you that actually said this, I'm riding the Big Baller Express? I started saying it after. But uh, people used to, like, crazy people would talk to me on the bus, and one guy told me a little factoid for no reason. He goes, hey, uh, do you know it takes the same amount of pressure to bite through a carrot as it does to bite through a human finger. Did Which, you try that out? I, I, I said I don't think that's true. <laughs> but I imagine him, he's like, yeah, it is, totally. And he's like, you just if you do it, your, your brain won't let you bite through your own finger. <laughs> he's like, it's a brain thing, don't worry. But I just imagine right. him sitting there. But didn't he mean it's a Bobby Heenan thing? <laughs> He's he's just sitting at a table, trying to figure out what perfectly matches the biting force of a carrot, and he's got all this stuff. He's like, nothing works, and he puts his head in his oh, hand. He's, he's got like chalkboards yeah. and he's got, notes, and yeah, and and he's got all these different things. Like it uh, looks like Doctor Frankenstein's laboratory. Yeah. basically. and then he puts his head in his hand, and he goes, "I'll never find the solution." And then he goes, then he looks down at his hand and says, "That's it." Yeah. Because he remembers that he accidentally ate one of his fingers because he thought it was a carrot. <laughs> he painted it orange. <clears throat> question 12. Ask Comer a question and I'll get back to you. Oh my god. I want to know what his favorite episode of Stephen Enemy Batman is. That's a good one. Or, good or, one. or what would he like to see more of besides more episodes? What kind of episode? That's good. That, those are both good. That's it. <laughs> He's spent after that. So that's what yeah. we want to know. We want to know what what is your favorite Batman, Stephen Enemy Batman episode, and what do you want to see more of besides more episodes? Okay. That is that was, 12 that was quite questions a Harry Comer. Yes, thank you, Harry, as always, for writing in. It's always a pleasure to hear from any of our Batmites. Um, and Harry Comer, always shooting straight from the hip, not pulling yeah. any punches in true Comer style. If you want to send a letter like Harry Comer, we will clearly answer any question no questions off limits. Send it no, to stevenandy at gmail.com. Thank you, Harry. And thank you all to all of our Batmites. I just want yeah, yeah. this is a general thanks. Um, okay. Are you, you know ready? what I'm drinking right now? What's that? It'll blow your mind. Cold Dr. Pepper. Oh, gross. Get that, get that out of here. <laughs> I know. I should throw it in the microwave. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for the penguin go straight? Who isn't? Harry Comer. That's that's another question. That's Are my other question. Are you ready to go straight? <laughs> Here we go. All right. Do you have some facts about this episode? You know what I do actually. Let's really lay them lay them down, and I'll pick them up. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Penguin goes straight. Its original air date was March twenty third, nineteen sixty six. Uh huh. It was uh, directed by Leslie H. Martinson. Okay. They call him the the big the big M is what they is what people used to call him. And uh, I bet you didn't know that. 
I didn't. Uh, he directed one episode of The Brady Bunch in 1973. Okay. What, do you know which episode? It probably doesn't no, matter. it just says one episode. He was fired. Unless it was, yeah, unless that's what it was known as. It was called... Uh, the one episode. Who's the dad? I don't, I don't know. The dad I don't goes straight. Uh, Robert Reed was, was his name in real Robert life. Robert Reed goes straight. Name was. But you know that show Small Wonder? Uh, no. Uh, Small Wonder was this show about, it was on in the 80s, and it was about this uh, girl that was a robot. Her dad built her. Oh, yeah, I do. He directed four episodes of Small Wonder. Huh. Some On the set, they would call him the Small Wonder. <laughs> that, that, wasn't <laughs> that what they called Robin for a while? Yeah, yeah. He also directed the 1966 Batman movie. Oh, wow. So yeah, this is a quality episode, then. It is, yeah, you could say that. And it's written by Lorenzo Simple Jr. Yeah. And he obviously wrote most of the episodes. Yeah. It certainly seems like. He also wrote The Parallax View and Three Days of the Con- Condor, which are two uh two uh political paranoia thrillers from the seventies. And this is a political and they're both paranoia good. episode. It is. This is <laughs> yeah, you could say this is the the most uh the the most paranoid. Yeah. All. It it is actually kind of that. All In right. nineteen sixty eight he won the New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best Screenplay for Pretty Poison. Which is didn't, a which is a good movie. Very. He good. didn't win it for the Penguin Goes Straight. Uh, no, they didn't give out uh, awards for uh, TV shows then. They, they do now. All right, we open on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon in Gotham, and of course, what are you going to do on a Wednesday afternoon in Gotham? What's the best thing to do? Go see a play, a matinee. Yeah, middle of the afternoon, it weekday seems, afternoon. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Seems a little bit weird, but that's that's what is happening. That's the happening thing in Gotham. It's the '60s. Inside the theater, we see the playgoers coming out for intermission to get a quote refreshing orange drink because nothing goes yeah, better. Orange drink is. It's just orange drink. It's just the color orange. Yeah. <laughs> nothing goes better with a play than some good orange drink. Do you think it's Tang? It's probably something similar to Tang, and for for copyright or marketing reasons they couldn't use tang upper class uppity theater goers love tang they want their name they don't want some knockoff orange drink no they want tang yeah they don't want thang or spang <laughs> they want tang but what's this we see one of the playgoers is none other than the penguin himself how did he get out of jail has he gone straight why is he at a matinee play on wednesday well to, to be fair he he loves live theater that's true. And a lot of people don't realize this, but he is the theater critic for the Gotham Times. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, it is his job to Yeah, be that's there. true. Well, why isn't anyone there bothered that there's this criminal in their midst? So many questions that never get answered as far as I'm concerned. Um, well, the they're, pe- all, they're, they're all corporate criminals anyway. <laughs> that's so. true. The Penguin seems to be enjoying the play. He comments how it's a biting satire on the, quote, moral fiber of today's day and age. I think the play is Oklahoma. Oh, it could be, could be. Or spam a lot. I, I like that too. Or it could be uh, the producers. Mm, that's a possibility. An- another possibility is that they're uh, going to see uh, Mel Brooks's follow-up to the producers musical, Young Frankenstein, which opened and closed <laughs> rather quickly. I thought it was, um, I thought they were going to see the Lion King musical. <laughs> like, wasn't that Beauty, awesome? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, just then, a lone gunman Chicago wearing Shrek the musical. Yeah, Shrek. Is that a thing? Spider Man the musical? No, Shrek the musical is a real thing. Yeah. Oh god. Uh, just then, a lone musical. That's also real. What? Elf the musical. Uh, see, that makes sense. 
elf musical makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. I don't know. It, it just feels right to me. <laughs> well, the penguin loves it. He thinks it's a biting satire. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, just then, a lone gunman wearing a very strange mask bursts in and uh, fires off some rounds. He blasts the chandelier off the ceiling. Everybody's freaking out. It was very much like Phantom of the Opera, though, with the, 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 the chandelier true, coming though, down. Yeah. It seems like a bad idea to try to hold up a matinee showing on a Wednesday. doesn't seem like there'd be much worth stealing there. Um, but the gunman tries to force some lady to hand over her necklace. Just then, the, the big one bursts into action. He calls out the crook, you know, leave her alone. The gunman is thrown off guard. The penguin gives him a big pow right to the face. Um... He then hands the necklace back to the young lady very smoothly. He's, he has game, I must say. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> um, she says, you could say that criminal was almost like his wingman. That's true. That, and maybe maybe that's who he really was. Um, uh, so the penguin hands this young lady her necklace back. She says, how could I ever repay you? Gives him a kiss on the cheek. And I guess the penguin has gone straight in more than one way. One way, yeah. You can I say mean, that. Yeah. Uh, Previous episodes, he was getting kisses on the cheek from random men, so... <laughs> Just then, we cut to Gordon's office. Uh, Gordon's there with Chief O'Hara, and they are shocked that the penguin... No, they're not shocked. They are pissed. They're outraged, yeah. The penguin has gone straight. Uh, Gordon calls the penguin a, quote, waddling, pompous master of foul play. He always has to get in a few insults every episode. Well, he thinks the penguin is the most pretentious... Gordon hates live theater. He, does. he thinks anyone that enjoys it is pretentious. Yeah. Stick in the mud. Gordon likes the game and a nice cold brew. That's what he said. Give me a brew. I'm happy. Give me a brew, a dog, and the game. He tried to go see a play. That's why he's so angry. He went to see a play, and he goes, well, where where are the dogs? Let me get a brat, a met. Yeah, exactly. He's like, where's the ball? Where are the Gotham Gladiators? He was pissed. He was tricked. O'Hara took him, too. Yeah. And O'Hara wore O'Hara secretly loves life. Oh, yeah. And he acts like he doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> so they're, they're pissed the penguins out there making gotham city pd look bad also it turned out that the lady whose necklace the penguin saved is sophia star a famous gotham city socialite um according to o'hara star and penguin left the theater hand in hand oh my god i think gordon is upset at this because um he thinks the penguin you know he, uh, actually uh o'hara no doubt O'Hara no doubt read this in one of his many uh, gossip rags. Actually, yeah, oh yeah, he's he loves he loves him. But when but when uh, O'Hara told uh, Gordon this, I sensed some kind of sordid history between Gordon and Star. Well, he's been laying the groundwork for months. I think he I think he has a restraining order against her, and he's like, "How does a penguin show up so pompous and just go out hand in hand?" He's he's at something has to be done about this. Like, I've been working for months to try to get in her pants. <laughs> of course, they decide to call Batman. Um, Gordon is always trying to get into... He just wants Batman to sort out his personal business. Exactly, yeah. A, a wingman. He needs a bat wingman, basically. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, he does. Uh, I love That's this. why he took it so personally. Oh, yeah. That the bank went straight. Meanwhile, in uh, Wayne Manor, we see Alfred cleaning the bust of Shakespeare, uh, he sees the bat phone ring and lets out this just sigh. I think Alfred's getting a little fed up. Gordon's calling so much. He's calling about everything, I would guess. So do you think uh, Alfred just got off his shift at Starbucks, or do you think he was getting ready yeah, to Yeah, I know. He's got this Starbucks schmuck on. Um, 
Alfred gives Gordon a little sass on the phone too, which I always like to see. The sassy Alfred. Oh yeah, who doesn't like to see a sassy? Alfred? <laughs> In the living room uh, of Wayne Manor, we see a little putting practice with Dick and Bruce. Um, for some reason, Aunt Harriet is also there. I guess she has nothing better to do ever. Just stare and watch them. Uh, Dick is She's of course. A job. <laughs> In the house. I mean, Alfred's the butler. Yeah, I know. What does she do? I don't know. Uh, Dick is awful at putting. She's only there to make it hard for Batman and Robin to be Batman and Robin. <laughs> Alfred comes in and tells Bruce that a Mr. K. Rhyme is on the phone with some, quote, red hot investments for the Wayne Foundation. This either. At first, Bruce thought K. Rhyme was a new rapper. Yeah, it sounds like that. But this either sounds red hot investments, sound either like some kind of weird kinky phone thing or like some insider trading. Either one is not. Or both. Yeah. Um, Bruce, of course, asks Dick to join him. He says they might be a while. And Harriet's like, that's weird that an investor has a name that sounds like crime. So oblivious. um, Yeah. Alfred just rolled his eyes. (laughs) Dick and Bruce uh, race off. Gordon tells him that Penguin is now a competitor to Batman. I think that's what this is really all about. There's like, look, we've got this racket going. Oh, yeah. He's going to come and bust it up. I think Bruce made his millions. <laughs> In the past, ladies like Sophia Star were falling over Batman. Yeah. And he was able to take a little bit out of the chain. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a little here, a little there. Exactly. It adds up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Before you know it, you're putting in your living room with Anne Harriet watching. And you've got a Starbucks employee cleaning your right. bust of Shakespeare. Uh, so they race off. They can't have this. Penguin can't go straight. Later in the Batmobile, Robin gets on the we, phone. We, we did see a nice plug for Jim Beard's book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You always see that every episode. I don't know how he gets it in there. I don't Gotham either. I think he's like miles. going back and digitally putting them in. It's kind of like the special editions of Star Wars. Gotham City, 14 miles, available on Amazon. Exactly. It be- before that it was it was a, it was a giant uh, like Walker from Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> it was a CG job of the hut that exactly, and they back. digitally erased that and put in a digital Gotham City fourteen mile sign. So later, it was a guy dressed as a sign at first. <laughs> later in the Batmobile, Robin gets off the phone with Gordon. Um, I guess Gordon couldn't be bothered to meet in his office this episode. He's, he's like, I got stuff to do. I got to... Well, because he and O'Hara invited a bunch of prostitutes over. Yeah. Because they didn't think there was going to be any crime that <laughs> day. It. Like, yeah, well, they're going to make some crime is what O'Hara likes exactly, to say. Yeah. So... Oh, o- O'Hara brought in some tubs of sherbet. He's like, <laughs> we're going to make it like the Millionaire's Club. Oh, yeah. So they, um... Uh, Gordon gives Robin extra the details. Pair of clothes. Yeah. Gordon gives Robin the details over the phone. Batman thinks it's suspicious that the penguin's gone straight. He thinks it could be just a quote whitewash job. I guess the penguin served his time. Why is he still under investigation? He's done nothing wrong. Even Robin says he doesn't even have a jaywalking ticket. Nothing wrong. Um I think Gordon has so little faith in the Gotham criminal justice system that if a criminal actually is rehabilitated, he thinks something obviously is wrong. He's like, there's well, no I, way they could be reformed. I think what it is is that Batman and Robin and Gordon as well know that there's no crime in Gotham. So if they just continually harass these yeah. selected men, yeah. they'll eventually commit crime. They start fighting back I mean, and they, then they, they arrest them. Yeah. I think that or the, the system itself is designed That's true. So for job security for Gordon, let's just put it that way. 
So Batman doesn't believe for a minute that the Penguin's reformed. He suspects that the caper at the theater was an inside job, that the Penguin was somehow in on it all along. Batman calls Gordon and tells him to, quote, grill the criminal they caught at the theater. Seems illegal. Waterboard. Well, he needs waterboard. and actually sets up a giant grill. It's what he... <laughs> oh, he Harris, was not, cook this criminal Yeah, not, not the brightest. Um, maybe this criminal can give him some info on the penguin. Uh, later, we see Gordon and O'Hara really giving it to the criminal. The criminal's not talking. O'Hara, he he actually raises his hand. And unlike, oh, he was going to beat a confession out of the. How many people do you think he's beating a confession oh, out of? You know, of? like, that's the first thing he goes through. The guy's like, I, you know, look, I don't know. And, and then, first thing, raise he raises. Hand. And unlike Harry Comer, the up and balls the fists. thank God for the criminal, because unlike Harry Comer, O'Hara will pull a punch if Gordon tells him to. Yeah, he will. Um, so they're, they're not getting anywhere with this guy. He won't talk. Gordon says, well, we have evidence. Why would the penguin? Why would the penguin? Oh, I didn't mention this before, but the penguin used a bulletproof umbrella to deflect some bullets. So, uh, Gordon says, why would the penguin be carrying the bulletproof umbrella around? If he didn't already know there's going to be an attack. And my guess is because this sort of thing seems to be happening every day in Gotham. It's not very safe. If I were a citizen of Gotham, I'd, I, everything would be bulletproof. And that doesn't really work as evidence anyway. (laughs) That's true. It's totally circumstantial. Um, Gordon, Tells Gordon O'Hara, probably planted some evidence. Oh, yeah. He's like, we have some more evidence. Why was there a bag of cocaine in your pocket? Exactly. Um, Gordon tells O'Hara they should give this guy a turn. So then Gordon flips off the light. We see a very goofy silhouette of Batman and Robin kind of like... And like gyrating. Yeah, like, I would say driving. That's true. Film driving. Yeah, film driving. And I would imagine the Joker scene, interrogation scene in The Dark Knight is in homage to this was inspired by this yeah remember originally it was this christian bale like yeah. uh, kind of just jiving around yeah juking and jiving but the criminal freaks out i this is border this isn't borderline this is psychological torture because he it passes is. out from fear that, have you seen zero dark 30 yet no i have this is how they find osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> the same trick Criminal passes out. Batman calls him a miserable weakling. Just then, another cop comes in and tells him that they've tailed the penguin. They've, they're following the penguin now, an oh, innocent yeah. man. They've tailed him to the exclusive Gotham City Millionaires Club. And, of course, that is just unacceptable to Gordon and Batman. It's their job to keep the status quo exactly. among the Gotham elite. Above all, they can't have some former criminals hobnobbing with millionaires, eating sherbet, changing clothes. How many tubs of sherbet do you think the penguins ate while he was there? Oh, God. A lot. You saw what he was wearing. Exactly. That was a second suit, by the way. (laughs) Batman and Robin uh, race off to see what's up. Meanwhile, in the steam room of the super-exclusive Gotham City Millionaires Club, we see the penguin. Yeah, he's wearing this very weird-looking robe because he had to change. It's like a schmuck. I'm assuming he's nude underneath, covered in sherbet. He's fighting off a few goons. These goons are trying to kidnap. They're in, they're in the steam room of this <laughs> the millionaire's club. They're trying to kidnap this half-naked millionaire. Um, a violent struggle ensues, and the penguin manages to chase off the goons, saving the millionaire's life. Uh, the millionaire seems pretty happy. He kind of like gets really close to the penguin and says, What, what can I do to repay you? Oh I, for a moment, I thought the penguin was, hadn't gone straight anymore, actually. No, no. But just then, Batman and Robin burst in full costume. I, yeah, I don't know they how they got that. Yeah, well, except for Robin. 
Uh, they said they've caught the penguin red-handed. He was trying to kidnap that guy. Of course, they're wrong. The guy's like, no, he saved my life. He, I owe my life to him. The penguin apparently used some dry ice loaded in his umbrella to dispel the steam, scare the criminals away. Batman wonders why the penguin would own, would need dry ice in his umbrella. And the penguin gives what, what I think is a perfectly reasonable answer. It's pretty hot out, and the penguin hates hot weather, so he keeps dry ice in his umbrella to keep him comfortable. Of course, I do the same thing. Yeah, I do. To be fair, oh, yeah. it gets pretty hot in Austin. Keep a dry ice umbrella around. It's very comfortable. Of I do course. like the fact that the guy that the penguin saved called him a bird-like chap. <laughs> of course, this reasonable um, explanation enrages Batman, but the penguin says he, he says I gotta go. He has a hot date with Sophia Star. Oh my. Uh, apparently Star is going to give her jewels to the Penguin so he can protect them. And as the Penguin leaves, he gives Batman and Robin his business card that says the Penguin Protective Agency. I, he's gone straight. He's a legitimate business, saving people when he can. Yes. Later. PPA. Yeah, I know the PPA. It's got the PPA going. Later in the Batmobile, we see Batman and Robin. They're thinking of their next move. Clearly, the Penguin's up to something. But how do they stop him? Batman suggests they switch. So Fia stars jewels with some fake ones so that they can track the penguin. Okay, this legitimately seems illegal to me. They're basically going to steal her jewels while the penguin's running a perfectly legitimate business. I, They're asking for trouble, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're the thieves in this. And according to Batman. <laughs> yeah, they really are. According to Batman, means justify the ends. And the ends are to put an innocent man in prison. Exactly. Um, there's one problem with their plan, though. In order to create fakes of the jewels, they need to know what the jewels look like. It would be it would be too obvious if Batman and Robin went in to have a look at them. So they need to send in the next best thing, an undercover B- Alfred. Big Al. Big Al undercover. Later inside the building of the Penguins Protection Agency, we see the Penguin talking to his goons. He's got a bigger plan, one that will make him millions. Although we can assume he's already a millionaire since he's in the club. That's true. They don't let in anyone who's not a millionaire. Yeah, I, so he's fine financially, but he's he's going to do some something that'll screw it all up, I'm sure. He loves the game. He does. So he he doesn't actually plan to steal Sophia Star's jewels. He knows that Batman and Robin will lay a trap for him. Very smart on his part. Uh, the Penguin, he's got something no good up his sleeve. But why mess this all up? Penguin, don't do it. Stay straight. Hey, don't, don't prove Batman right. <laughs> Please. Please don't prove Gordon right. I don't want to see the look of smug satisfaction on Gordon's face yet again. Oh, I know. There's nothing worse than that smug bastard. <laughs> Later, at Sophia Star's house, we see Alfred undercover as an insurance agent, uh, taking some pictures of her jewels. I'm was sure he, he took really a picture. Undercover or was that just another job? I, I I think it was. He's actually moodlining as insurance agent. So he's taking pictures of her jewels. I'm sure he took pictures of more than just her jewels if you know what well, i'm you saying know what i mean oh i think a different set of jewels yeah that's right <laughs> the penguins there he's getting all handsy with sophia star i think they're they're like a power couple of gotham at this point like the brad oh, jelena yeah. of gotham they're like brad jelena but they what would be their name ping sophia so the penguin star i got nothing uh, Alfred, Alfred gets up to just lead. <laughs> but or remember, they would just be known as Sophia Star and Penguin. Yeah. This is just the couple, I think. Oh, and everyone would know who they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I saw the couple down at down at the Sherbert shop today. 
Exactly. You saw you saw the, the piglet the Joker's yeah. candy store. <laughs> Alfred gets up to leave, but then he remembers that he needs to switch cigarette holders with the penguin. Batman and Robin gave him a tracking device disguised as a cigarette holder. Um, Alfred then very smoothly creates a diversion and switches the holders. I thought that was very smooth of Alfred. Everything's fine. Just then, the penguin's secret radio detector starts going nuts. He knows that someone's planted a secret bug in the room. He finds Alfred bug. He finds Alfred's bug, uh, calls him out on it. It looks like Alfred's in trouble. But then, right when you think Alfred's trapped, he literally pulls the rug out from under the penguin. The penguin falls. Alfred escapes. Nice move on Alfred's part. The real hero in all of this, of course, is Alfred. Batman's strategy, and he even says this later, when Batman and Robin get in a pickle, what's their strategy? Bite our way out of it. Exactly. Alfred. He he, uses his dome. Yeah. (laughs) Later in the Batman, the, the Batcave, Batman and Robin have completed their fake set of jewels. They race off to replace the jewels with the fakes. As Batman and Robin scale stars building to get their apartment, Batman mentions to Robin that the most important thing in society is the protection of private property, which is sort of ironic. Since they're about to steal the they're, jewels. They're about to break in and, yeah, essentially just commit property theft. Grand larceny. Uh, once inside, Batman and Robin make for the safe containing the jewels. They're about to crack it. When the Penguin shows up, of course, a fight breaks out. Um, but all of Bruce's money he stole from other people. Yeah. And he's just saying he's keeping it safe. Yeah. I, I The level of – Bruce does not make the connection that what he's doing here is wrong. No. So a fight breaks out and Bruce – I don't think he wants to make the connection. <laughs> a fight breaks out and uh, Batman says, let's fight our way out of it. Uh, well, the penguin shows up. Fight breaks out. Batman and Robin totally in the wrong. Penguins is trying to protect the jewels that he was paid to protect. Batman and Robin manage to escape. The penguin lets him go. He says he's going to contact the press. The next day, we see Gordon and O'Hara reading a paper with the headline, Penguin Stops Theft by Dynamic Duo. Of course, Gordon is pissed. He says the press has a responsibility not to slander Batman and Robin. Even though that's what they were doing. Yeah. No, it's a totally true headline. Gordon only wants the the papers to report fake news. That's it. He's like, we're going to see. He's like, some heads are going to roll, literally. Exactly. We're going to... If, if it doesn't come from his desk, it's not news. That's what, yep, yep. Um, Just then, the Penguin calls Gordon. He wants to know how the investigation of Batman and Robin is going. Of course, there isn't an investigation, Gordon. First of all, Gordon doesn't know how to do an investigation without Batman and Robin. No, no. And second he of all... Actually, when he heard that Batman and Robin tried to steal the jewels, he called the red phone to talk to Batman to investigate himself. Yeah, yeah. He's like, look, uh, someone tried to steal the jewels. I can't tell you any more information, but I'm going to need you to do an investigation. So the Penguin also mentions that he's throwing a big gala party at the Gotham Amusement Pier and that Gordon and O'Hare are invited. Gordon, you can... He feigns anger at this but you can tell he he's loving it. yeah you, really you can like his face lights up he's like oh i'm not going to your evil party but he loves to hobnob with the wealthy and famous yeah he, he loves parties uh gordon then i think gordon calls batman and robin to just kind of gloat about the party yeah. he's like yeah i got invited to this totally sweet party but you guys better not go because if i see you i'll have to arrest you and of course batman and robin decide to go batman says their only hope is to catch the penguin doing some crime, then Batman and Robin will be free. It doesn't actually work that way. Like, if I go punch a criminal in the face and then I, can, I can't I can go to a judge and say, look, that guy last week 
he, he robbed the bank. So it's totally cool, right? It doesn't right. work that way. Robin mentions he has a an awful thought. What if the penguin really has gone straight? I love how that's an awful thought. I know, I know. Why that's not a bad thing, Robin? Only it's only bad for criminals like you and Batman. Later at the Gotham City amusement pier, we see the party is well underway. It's swinging. Batman and Robin are just kind of scoping it out from behind the scenes. When all of a sudden they're knocked out by the penguin's goons, the penguin tells the goons to hang Batman and Robin behind the shooting gallery. He also tells them to remove the shooting pellets and replace them with real bullets. Later, we see Gordon and O'Hare at the shooting gallery. The Penguin challenges them to a game. If they can pop the balloons, he'll donate $1,000 to the police fund. Of course, O'Hara is all for it. He's like YOLO, you know what I mean? But <laughs> the camera pans around. We see Batman and Robin hanging helplessly behind the gallery. If O'Hara popped the balloons, they're using real bullets, they'll be killed. What, what's going to happen? Will Batman and Robin survive? Probably because O'Hara is a yeah, terrible shot. That's what I'm guessing. I actually haven't seen the second episode. I'm guessing they're both going to miss. And that's it. The Penguin goes straight. Any thoughts about this episode? I'm sorry, what was that? Any thoughts about this uh, episode? Any? How did you think? What did you think of this episode? Uh, it was it was it was a pretty good episode. Um, I mean, I typically don't like the penguin. Yeah. But for this, but for this one, I like the fact that him going straight was such a terrible thing for Gordon O'Hara and Batman and Robin that I had like a perverse pleasure of it. I did. I actually. Like, I didn't understand why this was so horrible for them. I really wanted the penguin to just. I was just begging the penguin to actually go straight. To actually go straight and just mess with Gordon. I would just want to yeah. see. Gordon suffered. Oh, it would be it would uh, Gordon would be beyond. I think he would resign. I think he'd kill himself. I do too. Yeah. He'd take a giant leap off of uh off of the uh the police headquarters. <laughs> All right, so that's it. The penguin goes straight. Um stay tuned. Next episode will be a very special birthday episode. That's all do you, I'll say. Do you, do you know what the part 2 of this is? penguin arc is called? What? Not yet, he ain't. Ah, I saw that coming. All right, send us emails, questions, anything you want, personal confessions to stevenandy at gmail.com. Send, uh... Erotic confessions. Yeah, anything, anything. We'll we'll read it on air, or we'll keep it private. Dear Stephen Andy, last week I was on a business trip. (laughs) Oh, God. And I met a woman in in the bar. Oh, my God. Isn't Uh, that what Harry Comer's want to send us next week? I hope I, I hope so, actually. I hope so. Um, or is that what Jim Beard's going to send us? <laughs> leave us an iTunes review. Search Stephen Andy. Uh, search iTunes for Stephen Andy. Uh, check out our Facebook page. We still post the random Batman stuff of the day every day almost. Pretty Ste- much, yeah. If you can't get enough Stephen Andy, that's the place to go. Facebook.com slash Stephen Andy. All right. Stay tuned. Next ep- episode's coming up soon. Our goal, more episodes this year. For Harry At least Comer. ten and a half episodes. Yes, thank you, Harry, for writing in uh, the email, and uh, thank you, Batmites, for listening. Andy, he owes us some answers. <laughs> he does. We're patiently awaiting answers from, and and if any Batmite wants to answer the questions we asked, feel any, free. The questions we asked, or or yeah. the Big Twelve, the, big the 12. terrible Twelve that Harry Comer <laughs> asked us. That's right. All right, Andy, I will talk to you soon. I'm dying to know, I'm dying to know if Jim Beard believes in ghosts. I want to know. Jim Beard is a ghost, so the answer is yes. 
All right. I will talk to you soon. He believes in the movie, guys. <laughs> Later. Later. Later.